Hello to all our wedding planning couples. I'm Tara and welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. I'm excited to share my creativity and 14 years experience as a professional wedding planner and decorator. And I'm Josh and we're so happy you're joining us for some solid down to earth wedding planning advice that I've accumulated over my 18 years in the industry. We believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting and coordination services. Visit us at completewedo.com for more information. All right, let's be honest. We live a pretty charmed life in these United States. We have our problems, but they're pretty heavily outweighed by the opportunities and infrastructure we have available. It's sometimes difficult to see the full picture and that can cause us to focus on the negative. Sometimes all it really takes is a step back and a look at someone else's plight. As Americans, we've grown accustomed to certain things like water being clean, safe and abundant and essentially free. So what does all this have to do with a wedding company? Well, today we're joined by two special guests to discuss a journey of understanding, advocacy, and infrastructure in a place pretty far away. So let's welcome Ian Vickers and Eric Moss. Hey, good. Good to be here. All right. So Ian, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, my name is Ian Vickers. I'm, I'm the CEO and president of Goal Partners Hope. We started the organization uh, about eight years ago, but my background is actually... Uh, intercultural studies. I've spent a lot of time overseas, ran nonprofits in France and Europe and, and got involved with Africa through a trip that I took where I went with a doctor and uh, we ended up going out to this rural part of Africa and, uh, and just saw the needs there and started to just kind of respond that day. And then that would have been about 2004. Um, and uh, as a result, uh, the doctor and I got involved with this, this work that we're doing today. But my background's a uh, um, uh, nonprofit work, basically, for the last uh, 20 years. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Eric, uh, tell the world who you are. <laughs> yeah, my name is Eric Moss. I'm the CEO of Complete Weddings and Events. Um, and uh, been with the company pretty much my whole life since I'm a second generation uh, owner. So um, yeah, that's that's uh, why I'm in. And then obviously Ian and I um, kind of got to know each other when we were uh, friends through church. So that's kind of our connection anyway. Perfect. All right. So we have the C-suite crew assembled here and let's get into the uh, topic, which is Global Partners and Hope that even uh, that Ian uh, alluded to and how uh, Complete involves with uh, Global Partners and their global mission. So Ian, tell us a little bit more about Global Partners and Hope. Uh, I know you alluded to how it, it kind of started, but give us a little more detail on how, how you uh, started this whole foundation. So I'll go back to that. I mean, probably a defining moment uh, would have been uh, in 2004, went out to this rural part of Africa in the, near the Sahara. And we started treating uh, these, these people that were laying there. There was no help. There was no water. There was no, they're just waiting. There were two African nurses and that was it. And there were probably 200 people there. So the, uh, the fellow I was with, the emergency room doctor guy started treating. I started translating. We spent about two hours there. And as we're driving out of this rural village, um, the nurses chase us down with it. They're holding a goat. And, uh, and they, they said, please take the goat. And we said, you know, well, well, no, that's fine. You know, they said, thanks for coming. And 
they insisted and we said no and they insisted finally the driver said just take the goat so we threw the goat and it sat right beside me on the vehicle and and you know it's it's kind of this weird experience where you're sitting next to a goat and you're in the middle of the Sahara and you're like what am I doing here and why you know and you're you're also seeing that the tragedy of just no no nothing there no water no health center and at that moment I, I very vividly remember that day like it was yesterday I I just had this kind of realization that we would be back. So that was 2004, 2006, we built a major hospital. And then we just kept rolling with these, I, these, these health centers and these modern water wells that we put in. And uh, so today they're, they're, um, we have, we're reaching over 300,000 people. There've been last year, 10,000 births in some of these health centers. Um, and, uh, and I have no regrets. I have no regrets about what we've committed to do there by providing clean water and, uh, and what they are maternal and pediatric care. And, and the reason we're there is it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty significant um, tragedy there and, and probably most of West Africa actually. And have you been able to go back each year and kind of see the progression and how it's changed these people and how's that impacted you? Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's, it's, it started kind of like, let's just do one, you know? And as a result of that, um, we got that one done. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, that was pretty easy. Let's do another one. So then we did another one. And then a complete joined in with us and said, hey, let's, let's get involved and partner with you guys to sponsor some wells. And so in 2012, we looked on the national statistics and the, uh, maternal survival rate and the infant survival rate just skyrocketed and we're like whoa like we looked at those statistics and we realized that's right in that region that we put all those health centers and all the the water wells so i would say for sure it, it is kind of contagious we we went in with a plan of and in a sense it's it's like a franchise like part of my exposure to complete has been ironically and kind of an outcome has been been like we're using this franchise system with these health cares that's awesome interesting so let's uh let's kick it over to eric next and let's talk a little bit more about how global partners fit with completes charter and and how did this uh partnership working with them come to the point that it is yeah no ian ian and i had worked on some other projects um uh, when we were, when we went to church together and we were also very good friends. And, um, I think it was, it was, um, really interesting when, um, um, we went on a trip together and he had global partners started their, their kind of what they were doing in Africa. Um, and so we, we just it basically, knew that if we could expose some of our franchise owners and us as an organization, we're looking for an opportunity to um, an opportunity to get involved with some kind of project above and beyond ourselves in some kind of do good campaign. And um, this seemed like a good fit. And what was nice is Global Partners um, isn't a small organization by any means, but it also um, wasn't too big to let our franchise owners go on the trips every year. Um, we choose a couple of different franchise owners and someone from the support office to go on a trip with Ian and his, and his group um, to actually go see the work that we, we did. As a matter of fact, they had sent me over some stats 
before we got on this call that in 2013, I think is the first year we started as a company working with global partners and started sending owners then. And it just the the fact that they allowed us to go see the work that we were doing, you know, not only were we giving money to it, but people were seeing firsthand and coming back and being able to report to the other franchise owners what was going on, really strengthened that partnership. So we've been now, I guess that would be eight, eight, uh, nine years now that we've been partnering with Global. Got it. So you mentioned the the Do Good campaign. Talk a little more specifically. What is the Do Good campaign? What are some of the the nuts and bolts um, behind how Complete and Global Partners work together? Well, um, so like Ian had talked about, you know, Global um, Global Partners have basically they build water wells that uh, end up leading to a medical facility, like Ian had talked about. In a lot of uh, the medical facilities they've been um, building. Um, our maternity, most of them are uh, dealing with women and birth rates, like Ian had talked about. Um, and um, so obviously us being in the wedding industry, we, there's, a, there's kind of a good yin and yang to that, like the fact that we're in weddings and female oriented, and um, that's what the hospital's kind of helping with, that it just seemed to, to work. And so what we do is once a year, um, we normally every year we've taken 3% of all the sales that all of our franchisees make in one month. And we basically take that and each franchise contributes, um, to that fund. Um, we also during that time have what we call a bucket night. And that's when all of our staff members, they go out to their events and any tips that they get that night, they come back and they have a certain amount of money they try to raise and the DJs, videographers, photographers come back and, um, they give some of their own money or they throw their tips into a bucket and they kind of have, we get a bunch of food and drinks for them. And, um, they kind of have a celebration of that. And so those are the ways that we've done that in the past to, to kind of how the program works. And then the next year, um, usually it's in the spring or summer months. Um, then we send the corporate office sends and pays for some, a group of people to go. Um, to Togo to kind of see what's going on. Then they come back and report at our franchise owners meeting every year. Got it. So aside from the personal relationship with with Ian and then the just obvious good work that's happening here, what was the thing that really grabbed you and said, this is this is who we want to go with for a do good campaign? Because I mean, there's there's charities all over the country. I'm sure there's charities in Omaha where you're based. What was the one thing that global partners did to just truly jump out and say this is the correct uh, move for us well most most of the money that we can contribute goes directly to the projects one um obviously and and because we're hands-on we actually get to go over and see the progress that they do and there's so many good pieces to how they do things because one of them is um there's a lot of charities and nonprofits um that go over and maybe have an idea they're going to build a well and three years after, you know, they build the well, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance around it. Three years later, maybe the well's working, maybe it's not. And um, so sustainability is one thing global partners from the very beginning have been very in tune with. And so they want to make sure that when they build these medical facilities um, in the wells, that they've done two very, uh, very strong things that I personally like. One is that they trained local people there to, um, to the medical, you know, all of the medical training that they need and they hire people locally. And then even though some people like Ian said, pay with goats, 
uh, some pay with money. And so they're able to be uh, like a, a literally a self-sustaining um, uh, organ, you know, um, facility uh, there that they have going on. So in, in plus, I've known them and their first facility, like Ian talked about, is still up and running. And Ian, they, you said that was in 2004? Um, yeah, yeah, 2004. Yeah, so yeah, sustainable. That's yeah. what we really try to create sustainability. Yeah. And they think through things too. So it's not, you could build a well, and I'm sure there's a lot of organizations that do this. They build a well and they go, okay, there you go. And initially some of the wells they put in were runoff generators with gasoline. Well, they saw that that wasn't efficient because the gas would run out and then maybe people would bring gas or buy gas, or maybe they wouldn't. So then they took the next step with both the wells in the hospitals to get into solar energy um utilizing you know tech you know using that that technology and um are not only sustainable with training the people there and keeping them going as long as they have uh, but also utilizing solar energy and partnering with um, other organizations and universities that uh that help them keep those facilities running efficiently um with solar so obviously out in the middle of nowhere in africa there's not you know you just can't go and plug in a plug in a hairdryer right so they're they have to come up with that that uh the way of doing that so they've been able to do that too yeah we have a uh uh three we call a three light incubator that we use for kids it's kind of a cool system where basically it's three lights and uh it, it you know you're so far out there it's crazy. Like we told one of the guys, the local guys, Hey, go change the light bulb. And he's like, um, never did that. How do I do that? <laughs> and so you're like, okay, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, once you set up that system and you get it going, it's sustainable. It's an easy thing. You just bring, you know, go into the main city and buy some light bulbs and you've got an incubator that's sustainable for air for a long, long time. And I think it's great um, to kind of touch on, we, we hear sometimes, I think just being where we are that, you know, okay, there's obviously tons of organizations here locally, whether it be, you know, in Omaha, at, you know, where our headquarters are, or just in each franchise location, there's a ton of things that we could be supporting. We probably, you know, I know that our franchise gets asked a ton, you know, hey, can you support this? Can you support that? And and we, we definitely, you know, support our schools and military by, you know, doing discounts for different events or even free events to, to help out some of those things and support other nonprofits. But I, I think, can you talk on the point, um, you know, even me being a mother of, of twins and had to spend time in the NICU, you know, I had one of my kids who was only three pounds. And so we spent some time in the NICU and thinking through, you know, even I as younger and before I got involved with the complete and do good kind of had that naive thinking of, okay, supporting something local is going to go just as far as it would in Togo. And why are we not doing this here to support the homeless or something instead of there? But then I think through like what you're talking about me as a mom and being in the NICU, there was so many things readily available to me and doctors to help and opportunities to transfer from one hospital to the next and it not take hours to do so to get the care that my kids need. And so I guess kind of allude more to why support something there rather than or in addition to something local. And either of you can speak on that. Yeah, Ian, I'll, I'll, I'll start okay. from our vantage point kind of the, uh, to add on to what, what we said earlier is um, 
what a the need there is so much greater than it is here you can you know even if you have very little money you usually have running water um and then like you said even if you have no money you're homeless you still have medical care uh where there that's not even an option so the need is so much greater and a dollar what a dollar does there um compared to what a dollar does here it it's hard not to see the 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 bang for your buck i guess for lack of a better term um that you get for investing over there and because the need is so great just basic things like we know you know penicillin um any medical needs just basic things that you could get anywhere here aren't even available there so there's just such a need and it's such a it's such a good thing to to in this a less expensive way to have a greater impact on a, a larger number of people? Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's a great, great question. It comes up quite a bit, you know, and so we, we really respond by saying it's not necessarily an either or. It's just this is the niche that we are able to fill. We have a unique ability to fulfill that niche. And um, when we're in West Africa, the reason or one of the reasons we're there is that there are not, I, mean, we, I don't run into other NGOs out there, you know, or, or non-government agencies or nonprofits. I mean, they're, we're their only solution. <laughs> and so um, we're not competing with other people for that nonprofit world, you know? Um, and, uh, and then we always measure not just the outcomes, but, you know, in other words, it's not an issue of, you know, we put an X amount of health centers in, it's like, what's the impact? And we can track in those regions. So there are a hundred births in those regions, 10 women are gonna die. And I asked the question, you know, how many people do you know that died during the birthing process? And, you know, in the US I'll, I'll run into a few people, but very, very few. Or if I ask the question, how many of you know someone who's delivered through a C-section or you personally were delivered through a C-section, the numbers go way up. And then I say to the audience, I say, well, None of you would be here, and you're, if you were delivered that way, you wouldn't be here, neither would your mom. And that's the problem in, in that part of the world. Um, they can't do a basic C-section, so they hemorrhage. So we can really look at that area of the world and say two things. One, you're talking about 1,800 medicine. You know, it's like traveling back in time. Secondly, I always say it's a plane ride away. So imagine living in a part of the world where you know because of social media or that, that there are access, there are solutions to these issues. Simple, typhoid, dysentery, um, tetanus, polio. There's, there's solutions to this, but I can't get there to get those solutions. And it's, a, it's an eight hour or 10 hour plane right away. That, that's quite a paradox. That's quite a problem to, to exist. We go into those areas and when we put in those health centers in a year, all of a sudden we see a 96 to 97% increase in the survival rate of women and children. And, and so for us, it's, 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 it's not a question. Like we just look at that and go, there's a lot of people that can respond to needs within the US. There's a lot of NGOs, a lot of nonprofits, but there's literally no one that we know of. You know, there's a couple organizations like Doctors Without Borders and things like that, but creating a real sustainable solution. Um, yeah, we, we've got a, we've got, uh, un, unfortunately, we've got the corner on the market <laughs> there. <laughs> and I think awesome. I'd like to, one last thing I would like to add is for us, what's interesting is 
obviously what Global Partners does for the people in Africa is has changed a lot of people's lives. For us as an organization, um, you, you, when we send owners over, we're not sending owners over so they're going to have an impact on the lives of the people in Africa. It has an impact on the lives of the people that we send over there. They don't, they're forever changed. They see something and they experience something and there's a sense of empathy um, and understanding of a global situation that they would never, ever be experienced. It's not like something you go like, what should we do for vacation this time of year? I think we should go to Africa and maybe hang out in the jungle. So the, the, I, I personally, the reason we're connected with global compared to other people is um, not only is the organization is having a major impact on the people there, but I feel like from, from my standpoint, the support office is having impact on our franchise owners above and beyond in the business world. And that's one of the things I love about the partnership. And, and that's unique. That's not necessarily the case with most nonprofits, right? So you buy a pair of whatever the shoes are and they give another pair to, you're not sending people over from your organization to go hang out with, with the, the people that are benefiting from that. So I would say, yes, obviously the bigger need and the bigger save is the people that are over in Africa. But even for us, you know, it's a dual purpose that it makes a difference in the lives of our franchise owners. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. say, oh, sorry, I was just, sorry, Tara. I'll definitely say that as a, as a complete franchise owner, I'm always, um, you know, more than happy to contribute when we do our annual do good campaign. And, and one of the things that's impressed me the entire time is uh, sustainability. And that's something that it's a word both of you guys have of you. So I have a specific question for Ian. It seems like you put together the, the formula for sustainability starts with building basic infrastructure like water. And I know just through times and industries that I've spent that if you go to certain places in the world, and I would say Africa definitely falls into this, um, clean water is not, a, not an expectation. It's something you have to work for. And you can find countless stories where there's people that their entire life, their sole job is getting water from the river two miles away to where the family can have it just so you can survive. And so think about who normally gets tapped on the shoulder for that. And how often is it, you know, like a son or a daughter that never gets to have a basic education such as reading and writing because their their job is to carry enough water so you can actually eat and drink for the day. So how, how did you arrive at the formula of the order that these things should have to go in to build a sustainable system? And are there any lessons that you've learned over that period of time that have adjusted your approach? Yeah, so that's, um, so we've learned uh, on the water well, we don't put in like a water pump, we put in a water tower. It's a 5,000 liter tower. Um, and we know that that will supply water to, you know, a thousand to 2000 people. Um, it will, um, you don't have to, um, then you can kind of develop what's called in French or the system is a forage where you have, you know, running water to certain areas. And so we start with that and then um, we're able then to provide clean water for the health center. It's solar run, so it's sustainable in the sense that you have endless supply to, of electricity to be able to run that. And, uh, and it's easy to maintain um, and it will supply water for an entire village. It'll also apply where you can build out spigots so you have water for you know, cleaning your clothes, water for, um, uh, for the animals, water for your gardens and all of these kind of things. But mainly for us, it's water for the health center. You gotta have clean water for sanitation and for, for uh, 
proper medical procedures. And so then that's when we put in the health center. And the health centers are a certain size, the build outs are all the same, the staffing's all the same. And the idea is we want to address in our laser focused vision that women and children won't die, but thrive. That's, that's our vision. Um, we're focused on maternal and pediatric care. So we do a lot of prenatal uh, help and screening. We do a lot of vaccination for, for kids. Uh, we provide uh, uh, medicine in these health centers and it's, it's, it's sustainable in the sense that the staff are paid through procedures through, you know, a delivery out there is $30. And, and it's, you're going to have great, you know, great. I mean, we don't want the word to go out because, you know, some people want to go there just to have a baby. I mean, and, and then the procedures are, are great too. You know, that it's not like, we're not cutting corners. We're bringing, essentially we're trying to go from 1800 to about 1960, 70s medicine. And that's a huge jump in that part of the world. Uh, but, you know, you talk about uh, antibiotics and hygiene and, you know, basic medicine, so. Um, one question that I have is Global Partners in, involved in like hiring the doctors and the other staffing that's out there or is that all ran by people there and their education and whatnot or how does that go about? So um, because we, we know the franchise world, you know, we talk about the franchise world, each uh, uh, center does their own hiring. We, we do the initial when we start you know, and so what we, we do is you can't get an SBA or small business loan, you know, out there for something like this. So what our organizations provide the startup costs and then they, then it runs kind of on its own, but there's also a collective group that where they get together as health centers and talk about, you know, issues or things, share supplies, but yeah, they do all their hiring uh, internally or locally. Got it. So you're never going back and fixing the same problem a second time. You're you're building the infrastructure correctly so there can be sustainability. And when you go back every time, you're working on something new. Yeah. And we do now, like in Mali, we don't, we're not putting any money into it. We do continuing education, but we're not financing unless maybe it's a new well or new health center. But the current ones, we don't. And uh, the crazy thing is that there was a coup in 2012. So we literally evacuated our North American staff out of there. But all those health centers are running great. Like every year we get reports that they'll send us on the medical, uh, you know, stats as well as the financials. And uh, so that for me has been, when I saw what was going on in 2012 and I saw that those health centers were running in spite of, you know, a, a coup and the country almost falling apart. I'm like, we have got, this models really works well. And so then that's when we um, decided to, uh, Get, well, we got invited to Togo and now we're getting invited to Benin. So other countries that are kind of, uh, you know, trying to address those issues. Got it. So in this franchise world, what, what does the next franchise look like? What's, so what's the <laughs> for us, um, we're actually in September, I'll go there and uh, we're going to uh, um, start work in Benin. So typically we start by putting in a water well. And so we're going to go into Benin, right north of the capital city, which is right next to Togo. And there's some strategy behind that. And that, you know, if it's easy to start another franchise next to another location because you kind of build that synergy off of that. So we have several uh, wells and health centers are going to start expanding into Togo. But now we're going to open up a new franchise into Benin. 
Perfect. I say franchise health center water well. No, I I understand. I understand. I just it drug, really it drug the, me uh, into that. <laughs> I really like the parallel that you uh that you drew, and you know I think that it would be plenty appropriate to uh, use that language moving forward for you. Um, so Eric, what are what are we at Complete doing to support this directly? We have something specific coming up, which is our annual Do Good campaign. So um, when when is that running from? Well, we're so we're. We had a couple franchise owners go um, this year, uh, came back and were extremely excited. I said summer, but actually they went, what, in January, February, Ian? March, March. We took them in. Yeah. So they went in March and one of our franchise owners was talking to the one of the nurses and one of uh, a birthing nurse uh, at one of the facilities. And she asked Terry Reno is her name out of Springfield. Um, and Scott Carnes out of Manhattan, Kansas went and Terry uh, told that that birthing nurse, a beautiful young, uh, or uh, the nurse that was there, that she she said, "Listen, Complete's gonna, we're going to raise a hundred thousand dollars and give you an." She said, "What do you need?" She, the nurse said, "We need an operating room." So, well, how much does that cost? She said, hundred thousand." So Terry came back and committed all of us to raise a hundred thousand, which is about uh, a little less than half, twice as much as what we've raised in the past. So it was exciting because both her and Scott Carnes, our owners really kind of grabbed that vision and went for it. And I'm excited to say normally we do one month, um, but since we're doubling about doubling what we're doing, um, we're gonna do it in September and October. So starting what in two days, um, we're gonna do 3% of all of our sales for two months. The goal is to raise $100,000 um, for that operating center. So that's the, that's the goal that, that we have for this year. So we're doubling, you know, we usually do it for one month. This year, we're doing it for two months. And um, I was surprised and, and very pl pleasantly surprised that um, most of our franchise owners agreed to do the two months. So obviously, Scott and Terry had a good impact on our owners at the meeting and really got some people to come along so i'm excited i think i think it's a real possibility we'll hit our goal if not surpass it yeah and i would say as, as someone who works for scott carnes um and what i was going to to say earlier when you guys kind of talked about you know why this and you had mentioned to eric that when they come back how much of an impact it has had on them and i think when we were at that owners meeting in in may after they all went to that I don't think there was a dry eye in the room when we watched the video that Tim had created about their experience over there and still talking to Scott today about the different, you know, impacts that it made on him or talking to his wife, Andrea, and reliving through their photos and videos that they have shared. Um, it truly has um, completely changed the way that they view things, allowed them to express to us that have not been there and may not get to go there what it truly is like and like you said how much of an impact our dollar can make over there um, that it truly is it's one of those experiences of a lifetime that i think you have to, to live it to truly understand it um, but you guys have done such a great job in telling us um, as franchise you know part of the franchises of if what that impact looks like and how we can you know help out there and so that's been great um, as someone who's been able to in a sense vicariously live through it through scott and all of his stories so yeah, yeah i'll uh, i'll absolutely echo that because i started working for scott about 20 years ago to date myself a little bit in this uh in this world and 
listening to him talk about that trip, I've never seen him talk about something that way before. So I, I definitely noticed a change as well. And I mean, just to throw this out here, um, Scott and uh, Terry are probably the, the two people that I would expect to be the last ones to say, hey, instead of spending money for one month, let's do it for two. And, <laughs> and so to see them come in and, and suggest that was, you know, truly impressive and, and impactful. And, um, you know, again, Complete Nation, like Eric said, jumped on this uh, right away. And, you know, I think that it's been just great to be part of this and hearing those stories about how what we do here in the U.S. can um, drastically impact something in a different part of the world is something that's uh, definitely enjoyable and, and helps, uh, you know, with the purpose for, for things like this. So when is the next trip planned for owners to go over to um, Africa? We haven't, we haven't talked about it yet. So yeah, we'll have to, Ian and I will have to get together and see what those dates are and then start getting the invites out and kind of get that organized. So we haven't, we haven't planned that piece yet. Okay. Well, I'll put my name on the list one of these days. Uh, for would you go? <laughs> would you go? I, I would go. Whether or not I could get convinced my husband to come along and find somebody to take care of the kids, that might be the different thing. But, but yeah. Well, I, I tell them, tell them we'll make sure we bring you back, you know, too. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <don't> Probably. <laughs> while, while we're volunteering, I'm in as well. And I, I don't think I have any of those constraints at all. <laughs> I, I have kids. I just know some place that I can uh, drop them. Dump them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that we that we dump the kids, but right, we go out and do events every single weekend, and they they go somewhere. So that's really not an inaccurate way to call it. <laughs> um, Ian, real quick, you had talked about now moving on to a different um, different city. Um, will you continue to go back? to the places that you've already started to develop and check that progress? Or do you have, is, is there already some other regular tracking progress you guys do that allows you to, in a sense, let that one go? And if that may not be the great word choice yeah. there, but right. let that so one we, and then you move on. Yeah, so we, we will go back um, just periodically, but we communicate regularly. We use uh, you know email or WhatsApp. And uh, so we're kind of tracking how things, we do provide uh, what's called continuing education. So we'll have doctors that will come or nurses will come to the States or from the States and they'll do um, kind of educational things about, you know, recent technology. We brought in oxygen concentrators. We taught them how to, how to use those. Um, but now we, we kind of, because it becomes sustainable, our goal is then to move on. And so, you know, just so we're clear, you know, one of the questions that was asked earlier was, you know, kind of the impact of this. I mean, we're, we're impacting entire nations, you know, like Mali, like we're, we're changing the statistics of the maternal survival rate in that entire country. And now we're into Togo and we're, we go pretty deep. And so we've got several, I mean, it's, it's not a huge country, but it's 6 million people. And our goal is to change those statistical rates. So now we're going to go into a new country, Benin. And so, um, yeah, so we're, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about that impact. And, and because we can get it going, we can move on. Yeah, I mean, 6 million people on one hand sounds like a small amount, but I know that's more than the population of Wisconsin. And I think you can fit three Kansases in there. So, I mean, yeah. those are, those are, those are real numbers of lives that, that we're impacting. So, uh, Eric, anything to, to add about this campaign before we, before we get out of here? No, I just other, well, other than um, 
I'm I'm just excited and very encouraged that the owners, it, Ian and I spoke initially way back when I think our third year in a row in doing it. And he said, you know, I, it's tough because we usually, organizations usually lose interest in us after a couple of years. And um, hopefully this can go for a while. And, and uh, what I'm excited about is it's accelerated um, versus like slowed down or stopped. Right. So I think the fact that we're sending our people and we've kind of adopted, you know, as a company adopted GPIH. And I'm just excited that, that we're, we're actually pushing to raise more and not getting bored with something so important. I I'm very impressed with our organization in that way. So. Well, as a, a party planner, it looks like since 2013 was kind of the, the first initial, you know, push there really from complete, you know, 2023 being a big 10 year, I think we could throw quite the party. So I just might know a party planner. There you go. I like it. I like it. Sarah beat me to that. That joke. sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, so Ian, before we get out of here, um, if, if somebody wants to individually contribute more on their own what's the best way to do that and how how do they find out more about global partners so um uh, go to our our website globalpartnersinhope.com and you can go on that website and then there's um you know, read about more information we always say in terms of engagement and becoming a champion uh sign up for the newsletter and you start to get regular kind of insider updates and then um as far as donating. A lot of people like to say, hey, we're going to donate $25 or $50. You know, maybe we're going to do that once or maybe a quarterly or whatever. And then that goes into the project. You can actually designate what project you want to donate. And so there's different levels. Some people will say, we're going to sponsor an entire well as a family, kind of as a project, or they can individually say, hey, I want $25. And then we, tr we try our best to report back to them what that does you know, the impact of what that does. And every, every uh, donation, every support is, is very valuable because we know it. I mean, not, I'm not trying to sound dramatic or, you know, like the nonprofit, but to be very genuine and very transparent, it does save lives. I mean, that's why I'm so committed to this. Yeah. Well, thank you guys very much for taking time out of uh, your very, very busy schedules. I know you guys have a lot of irons in the fire and things you're doing. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk about this today. And uh, until next time, everybody take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got some helpful insight as you plan the big day. So until next time, I'm Tara with the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. And I'm Josh. Please make sure to subscribe to our channel and rate and review us if you like what you hear. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info. Happy wedding planning!